I was fascinated by how the some of the largest companies on the planet are also the most agile. You you would think it was a little guy that could be, you know, pivot on a dime. So I wanted to understand how they were doing it. This is a trainable, learnable skill, and um, and the more you do it, the more it's like building that muscle. There's a big discrepancy between what people think courage is, right, um, versus what I learned it could be. And so there's a you know a careless move versus a courageous one, a, an impulsive move versus a, a calculated one, a, a peripheral idea versus an actual practical one. This is the Lifestyle Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Duomo Valkonen. Hey friends, it's me, Tuomo here from French Polynesia on the island, sunny island of Tahiti here in South Pacific. Today's episode will be with Ryan Berman. I truly, truly hope you enjoy this chat as much as I did. It is a little bit of a different kind of um, of recording that I've usually done. This is more about more about business and geared towards higher executives, especially CEOs and directors alike. So. Uh, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of Ryan and what he has done because he is a little bit of an old schooler when it comes to this new school game these days. So he has, for two decades, he has helped to develop courageous ideas for brands like Major League Baseball, Puma, Subway, UNICEF, and the U.S. Ski Team. Currently, he's working on a mission with Scissors Entertainment, NFL, and Gibson Guitars, to name just a few. Ryan has also keynoted on the hardships of change for General Mills, Google, Charity Water, Nestle, Snapchat, Pledged 1%, Logitech, Creative Mornings, Qualcomm, and many others. Ryan Berman has more than 20 years in the courageous idea space and an intimate understanding of the intricacies of the emotional storytelling for purposes of driving courageous change. Ryan has been featured in Entrepreneur Fast Company, Inc., and Forbes. In addition to giving talks at Google, Snapchat, and Charity Water, Ryan speaks all over the country to C-suite marketing and professional service audiences on the topic. He covers the learnings found in his book, Return on Courage, a business playbook for change, which is the book that we're going to dive deeper into. And I've taken some of the insights out of that book, and he's going to expand and deepen those ideas for us and finally ryan recently launched courageous bootcamp as an eight-week online course helping companies galvanize their staff and pinpoint their best talent so guys this is going to be super interesting especially if you are in such a business space as a ceo or manager and you want to develop the better a culture within your company and even if you are not in those spaces this is still going to be very valuable conversations so do take your notepad and pen out and 
take the insights out and put them, ink them down on the paper. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this episode as much as I did sitting down with Ryan. So without further ado, please enjoy. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Lifestyle Mastery Podcast. And today it is another super interesting episode. I am talking to my new friend, Ryan Berman, and we're going to be talking about courage. And his latest book just, just got released a little while ago. So welcome to the show, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm great. Great. You know, I mean, we're in a pandemic here, but honestly, I'm, I'm uh, doing the the absolute best that I can be doing uh, under the circumstance. And if you hear a little bit of positivity in my voice, it's because don't you just love how the world works that you and I basically met on opposite sides of the world through Instagram. I think that's so mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a, this whole internet world and technology gets quite a bad rap a lot of the times, but Oh man, like especially living here in South Pacific, it's uh, it's saved my my life many many times and over. So yeah, I, there's a there's a it's kind of two edged sword, but I, especially in this day and age right now, what's happening, I think it's uh, I think it's a blessing for us. So uh, let's let's start from somewhere. And as as we're as during this recording, there's a the pandemic all around, obviously. And uh, what's happening in LA? Like I've heard it's pretty much of a hot pot there right now are, are you guys all good and 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 more than that how like how have you dealt with it obviously in a physical sense but i think more over in sort of the mental and emotional aspects of the, of the whole pandemic yeah so california right now it's like northern california is on fire and southern california and specifically la has been hit really really hard by covid you know, I'm sort of fortunate. I'm in the deep south part of California in San Diego. And mm. so I'm sort of, uh, I'm, we're not on fire. And, uh, and, and thankfully, uh, COVID, it's here, but it's not at the same level as LA. COVID is obviously affecting uh, the world and, and the, this country in particular pretty brutally. But, mm. you know, in some ways, and I don't want to be insensitive to anyone who has lost a member of their family from this but uh, i think my background you know coming out of the creative marketing and advertising arena which is just uh it's a chaotic uh arena to learn business where you're used to pivots regularly and this is the service business and the one day the brief is one thing and the next it's another and it, it is chaotic. And I, I do think that sort of prepares your mindset for the crazy um, and the chaos that gets mm. thrown your way. Uh, lots of company, lots of other verticals. You know, if you're an accountant and you're just used to your nine to five or you're mm -hmm. then when chaos happens, your, you know, your routine goes away. It's a, it can be a terrifying thing. It does hard things on your brain. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we're, we're, as you stated, you know, a lot of the work that, that I do recognizes that many companies could have the most perfect right roadmap. But mm -hmm. if you've got a team with the wrong mindset, good luck achieving <laughs> that roadmap. And, uh, yeah. and that's courage. Yeah. 
Yeah, thousand percent. Um, what I just wanted to touch up on something I like in my coaching and what I do is I'm a very big fan of these habits and routines. And and you mentioned about people that are doing the nine to five, and then obviously your side of things that you're doing. It's it, do you have like routines and habits in place, and have have you realized something that would have been very beneficial for you during this this pandemic? Yeah, I always try to start the day right. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. before before the chaos gets to me, <laughs> so there's there's a few few things that I uh, abide by. For example, and this is a very simple one. On my phone, when my alarm goes off, um, I've changed the labels to the things I need to see, and it's not yeah. like you have a nine a.m. meeting. It's more like one of them says goal set, skill set, mindset. And, nice. you know, if they, you think about where we are right now, uh, most people are probably attempting to plan for the future 2021. And, you know, you have your goal setting component and you think about what skills you need to apply those, win those goals over. But, but really, what about the mindset? And so mm -hmm. that's one. Another alarm I have is just my personal core values. Just, uh, you know, a friendly reminder and ritualize it and see it every day. Um just kicks me off on the right foot for the, for the, for my day and usually for the weeks. Beautiful. Just, just for like, how long is your morning practice? Are you like, is it half an hour, one hour? Like, is it, does it, does it changes a little bit? Uh, what, what does it like looks in that sense? I'd say I, so I have a, I have a, a seven year old and a five year old and that's not including right. a one month old <laughs> puppy and a 10 year old dog who they don't, they don't seem to be getting along so great yet. So, oh. so I get about a half hour. Um, right. Again, there's certain. By the way, making my bed is part of my ritual. I, mm -hmm. I really do believe that. Like starting my day, little wins like that just put me on the path for success. Um, the other one is, I I love soccer. You call you call mm -hmm. you call it soccer there. You call it football. Yeah. Football. Yeah. Soccer. <laughs> Both. They're the so same. when I'm playing. <laughs> For when us. I'm playing soccer, I'm happy. But uh, any other time, running like is a, is tough for me. So I've actually tricked myself, and uh -huh. I call it the fun run. And I run the fun run in the morning. It's a mile long run just to kick my day off on the right foot. And I, yeah. I, I, I recognize I'm not going to be the guy that's going to go run a marathon or four miles. I just to start my day with a with a mile, knowing uh -huh. I have a lot of things to do in the morning with my kids before we get going is is a win. Yeah, and and funnily enough, you mentioned that I just came back from a little beach run, and it was literally like ten, fifteen minutes, and you know, that got got me sort of settled before we hit hit the record here. So that's uh, that's something that we share. All right, man, let's uh, let's jump into your your book and uh, return return on courage. And um, I I read this a little while ago, and a really interesting read, and just straight away for people that wanna wanna learn more about Ryan's work and, and courage to pick up the book. Well, I'll put all the links in the show notes, but just a curious question first. It really seems like I think the timing for this book could have not been better um, in a way. And so did you did you actually write this book before the pandemic or or you just like wrote it really quickly and you know no just joking but like let me know a little bit about the process and how did it how did it come about i think like looks like you did a lot of research for it and and where did you where did you how did you to, to find out the idea for it and so on yeah i mean i so remember i'm i'm a recovering 
ad, ad exec. And, um, and I had been running a 70 person creative company in Southern California. And mm-hmm. I really, really thought that I was writing a business development tool for the, for the business. And, mm-hmm. um, I had come up with the, this concept of courage brands. I'm like, Oh, I love how that sounds. I, I don't really know what it means, but I, I like what it sounds I like. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, well, what is that? What's a, what is a courage brand? And, um, in order for me to understand that I had to kind of go back and look at the root of courage. And if you look at the dictionary definition of courage, it's the ability to do something that frightens one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, like I, I don't think a lot of people want to do this and uh, later on do that at work. Right. So, and then by the way, when you actually need to do that, like the last thing you're thinking about is I need to be courageous right now. So I just didn't see a lot of utilitarian value with the definition, but in all of the research I started to do, the leaders and the companies who were not afraid to address change they, they needed courage in the messy, the messy middle of the change. Mm-hmm. And so off I went more like writing a documentary than a book. And I, I was able to get quiet for about three years and just interview wow. what I call the brave, the bullish and the brainiac. And mm-hmm. um, on the brave side, it was like uh, tornado chasers or astronauts or, you know, members of the military, firefighters. Um, just curious how they do what they do and why do they do what they do? Mm. And then the second B was the bullish. So just leaders at companies at Google and Apple and Amazon and Domino's Harvard here in the States. And, um, I was fascinated by how the law, some of the largest companies on the planet are also the most agile. You, you would think it was a little guy. That could be, you know, pivot on a dime. So I wanted to understand how they were doing it. And then um, on the Brainiac side, I interviewed Cambridge PhDs and clinical psychologists and the co-writer of The Secret and people that just really study the way we're wired and what's really calling the shots in here. And, you know, I went to television radio school, so I had no idea how we were wired and what it was fascinated by Mm -hmm. the central nervous system. Yeah, and you, um, you know, you throw all that data in the book, and uh, you start to connect the dots as an observationalist, and um, came out the other side with a few really big, keen aha moments. One being, mm-hmm. wow, that this is a, this is a trainable, learnable skill, mm-hmm. and um, and the more you do it, the more it's like building that muscle. Exactly. Um, Two, there's a big discrepancy between what people think courage is, right, um, versus what I learned it could be. And so there's a you know a careless move versus a courageous one, a, an impulsive mm-hmm. move versus a, a calculated one, a, a peripheral idea versus an actual practical one. Um, yeah. And then the the hard honest conversation that I had to have with myself was. Oh wow! I'm writing this book because I need the book. Mm. You know, I'm writing the book because um, deep down, I'm in a place in my career where maybe I'm not 
honoring my values at the same level that I should be. And so that was sort of the big sad joke right here. I wrote the book to position the last company and it pretty much gave me the courage to fire myself and to start courageous and to start over. And that was in Mm. 2019. Yeah, that's uh that's an interesting journey. Like I I bet that research three year research project <laughs> of the journey was super, super interesting. And and a lot of the times, like just from my own personal experience as well, a lot of the times we teach or we tell others or we advise others what we actually need ourselves as well. And and, and I feel from my own writing, I've I've yet to write a book, but when you write it from that sense, it really you're able to put more heart into it and more emotion probably because that's what you need as well. So, so that's that's a, that's a that's an interesting one. And you you mentioned there like a definition of courage. What about bravery? A lot of like, would you how would you define the difference between the bravery or being brave and being courageous? Do you see there's a difference there, or, or are they on the kind of the same line? I think they're on the same line, but I I have to admit I I haven't like dissected bravery the same way, and so in some ways you can make a case that and again I could be getting this wrong, but for me like courage is in the middle of the project. Courage is the 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 act of right. you're in it, and bra- bravery is is sort of the cherry on top after. The case now. I I know someone could say, "Well, be brave." Uh, I don't even like "be brave" as a term. By the way, I like "act brave." Yeah, frankly. So, but so maybe they're similar. But I I know for a fact that courage is a journey word. It is it is it is the uh, what you need through the the strife and the hard, and you need to hold firm on on what you believe in, which means you have to have clarity in what you believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ultimate destination is is, is doing something meaningful. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and I think if you if you hold firm on that courage, hopefully you'll you'll get to do it to that that outcome. Right. Let's uh let's so let's let's jump straight into the book. And what I did, I I picked up some some of the nuggets from the book, and and uh, and and maybe you can open up some of those nuggets uh, for us. And and one of like you actually mentioned over there those beliefs, um, and and you you outline in the book as well sort of prerequisites for for the courage brands and what to be courageous means in a way in sort of business level on one of them, what you just mentioned, where the, where the values and beliefs, um, mm-hmm. how important then those are for obviously in the personal and the company level when it, when it comes to courage, courage, do, do you think that when we have really solid beliefs and values, it's, Will will it come easier to then take those harder moves and and be more sort of courageous, if you will? I mean, no doubt. And and mm-hmm. uh, we give a number of like real time examples in the book of who's doing it right and and maybe who isn't. And uh, and it's never good to like hate on a brand, but you know, there's there, there's one scenario in that particular section where I just couldn't not go there. Um, look, I think before we dive into it, I, I think it's important to note, like my discomfort with the existing definition of courage sort of led me to the, my first definition of courage. Like, could I, could I rewrite or redefine what courage could be so people could have some sort of a construct to use in real time? 
when they're mm-hmm. in that that messy project, you know, when they're scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, coming out the other side of the three Bs and the research where I landed was, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if it's it's very much like a like a math equation. And there's there's the knowledge component of courage. There's the faith component of courage, and there's the action component of courage. And mm-hmm. when you really think about business, you're never going to have every bit of data you need to make a call. And if you th- think you need to wait for that data, you're going to get passed by a competitor, even one you see or one you don't see. Mm-hmm. And so where's the line on how much you need to know? And then what do you feel? Like the, that faith piece, that's the belief mm-hmm. piece. Right. right. That's the, okay, after off of this knowledge, feel good, feel like we're moving in the right direction. Um, you know, we don't, we don't mean the faith piece from like a religious standpoint. We mean it from like a belief. Mm-hmm. Um, you see a great idea, right? You see a product that just, you just know it feels right. And then how often in your career or in life have you known the right thing to do and you felt it was the right thing, but for whatever reason, you just, you just can't leap. You just can't. You just can't pull the trigger and take action. And um, and so to me, that's the irony is that two of three in any directions is not courage. You, you can have knowledge and faith and no action. That's paralysis. Mm-hmm. Or you could have faith and action without knowledge, and that's reckless. Mm-hmm. Or you could have knowledge and action, but, but you're numb on the inside. You're just going through the motions. And right. If you're numb on the inside, you're working on safe. You're working on status quo. And when your idea hits the market and is blended in with a thousand other ideas and you're not there to defend it, it's it's just going to fall flat. Mm-hmm. So it has to be all three. It has to be knowledge, faith, and action to be a courageous move. So the question then becomes, well, which knowledge should I be following as a leader, whether I'm leading myself or our team? How do I build faith, right? How do I build belief with myself, with my team with prospects with customers and then when it where's a go time where do we where do we actually take action and right now we come back to your actual question and so i think that knowledge piece first starts with getting clear on on your values and to me what i've seen is that core values for many companies turn into eye rolls and um, really, they're out of the exceptional role. So how do you how do you have values that are really meaningful to you and, you know, are really like connected to the way that you're wired? And then how do you surround yourself with people that honor those values and mirror those values? Maybe they bring breadth of experience. But, you know, I mean, I I love to, to ask this question or just very simply like, OK, if it's, we're talking about values, well, then how valuable are your values? Are they really valuable? If you haven't thought about your values once during this pandemic, then the answer is no, they're not very valuable to you. And maybe you have the wrong values. Maybe you haven't declared your values. Maybe you haven't prioritized your values. And if you are a leader and you can't do it for yourself, how could you possibly do it for other people or for other, another business? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. How valuable are your values? That that's a takeaway right there. And then then the the action like I love that triangle, courageous triangle, knowledge, faith and action. And and a lot of the times what what comes to me right now 
is uh, is a lot of the times you see companies or in a personal level as well who set these values and they just stay stay in our heads, they stay in in the, in, in that sort of knowledge level, if you will, and we don't actually live our values. We don't actually walk walk our talk, if you will. And mm-hmm. and you've you've probably seen some of the companies as well. That, hey, we have these value value mission statements and and all the rest of it, but they don't actually live those values when it comes out to their products and services and and what they what they produce out out into the world. So um, yeah, that's. I think it's uh, changing. I, I I think it's changing though. I, I mm-hmm. really do. I think I think this. Uh, you know, I don't know if you feel this way with your with your clients, but, you know, I, I kind of got lucky. Like I, my age and I know it's sad to go there. Like I'm, I'm a bit of a translator, right. Between old right. guard and new guard. So, you know, the old guard C-suites wondering, well, I don't understand why a millennial won't put their head down and just work for yeah. a watch and just work for 20 years. I'm like, well, you know, well, that's not how they're, that's not how they're wired. In fact, they don't even need a watch and plenty of ways to figure out what the time is by, their phone and whatnot and um and so and then when you create a culture where Mm. you have experiment experimentation happening and you have curiosity happening and Mm -hmm. you know you've got you've got a psychological safe arena where people are rewarded for being courageous and have courageous Mm -hmm. conversations people stick around right so all i'm trying to do is like articulate to the c-suite what's you know what the next generation are demanding and they want to work at companies where they are purpose-driven they are led by intention um they are making the world a better place they're telling the world something and that whatever they're telling the world is actually the truth it's actually happening Mm -hmm. on the inside and Mm -hmm. it's, it's this perfect inside out alignment and that that goes all the way back to you got to know your values. You got to live your values. You gotta obviously value your values. And if I were you, I would I would prioritize them. I would I would literally put them in the order that that uh, matter most, and just refresh a refresher every time you add a value, it waters down another value. So, uh, you know, courageous. Our number one value is sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna help you make hard choices, and good companies prioritize great great companies sacrifice. And let's make some choices here. Number two is magic, right? So you can feel the magic in the, inside the organization. People, you can, when you walk into Apple, right? It feels like a magical store. You want to be, you want to stay right. there. You want to play a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, really thinking through those two, those first two values for us is critical. Um, speed and change are three and four, but um, those first two are really, really critical to our work. Yeah, a thousand percent. And actually, as, as you mentioned, speed of change there there's there's this quote that i wanted to highlight which which comes down to the culture where i think i'm not sure if this wasn't your quote but you you wrote in the book your culture is what enables you to move quickly and 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 that's what you just referred there and can you open that a little bit so basically meaning that the culture is unified and they have these beliefs and value systems in place and and like you said they're unified and and that that is what enables the company to move through quickly the 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 quicksand that they might sometimes fall into. Yeah, there's a famous line that um, you know values the intent of values is to help us speed up our decision making, right? Mm-hmm. And because if, if we've declared this at the top, 
then you know you don't need my permission now to make decisions. You can justify your decision through the values because we, we obviously said these are the ones that are most important. Right. So everyone should be picking up time inside the culture because they're, the values are basically permission slips to how to operate and how to behave. And, you know, the fact that we need time but we don't have time, this is one way to pick up a little bit of time inside the organization. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, what are we saying here really? But your organization should be just a, a mirror image of the values that the leaders set for the for the business. 100%. 100%. The something uh, just coming to me right now as well is you've probably heard of the, the, the clothing brand Patagonia and me as a surfer and adventure addict love that company. And, and <laughs> I think what are you what are you what are you talking about right right here is is a, like a, there's a lot of companies. But for me, Patagonia has always been one of those companies that um, that really stands behind their values. And and I read the book for, from the, the founder, Ivan Gunnard, and one of his mantras was that let my people go surfing i'm not sure if that's the truth anymore but apparently it used to be the case that whenever anyone even in the middle of the meeting if they wanted to go surfing they could that was one of their uh, <laughs> one of their values i'm not sure if that like i said stands true anymore but that what you just explained um and and i think patagonia is one of the most famous outdoor sp- sporting brands that there is in the world right now and and, and people have bought into the company's values very, very firmly, their sustainability and, and all the rest of it. So I think that's, uh, that's incredibly very... liberating, right? Isn't it liberating when, Yeah. I mean, I think this is even, you know, I've been in the you know, creative business arena for 20 years now and the creative processes, you know, it's, it, it, it is, this is not a conveyor belt. It's not, it's not a full conveyor belt where you know it's going to be mm-hmm. the result at the end of it every single time. But, you know, this concept of, uh, of where, where, where do we need constraint mm-hmm. and what is enough constraint to create freedom, to create, right. like, flow, yeah. right? And so you know, we'll call it freedom control. Like, where does freedom control <laughs> have to happen? And that's an awesome example of Patagonia, right? Okay, you want to, we value this, we honor this, go surfing at any moment. That's enough freedom, right? I know mm-hmm. what the guardrails are. I abide by that. This is the type of company I want to be at. Yeah. Same, you know, same thing with us. Like the values are just, it's freedom control. As long as you're abiding inside the lines of these four values, you're, you're freedom to make decisions. And that keeps mm-hmm. people happy. It, it keeps It keeps things clear. And it keeps us moving. Thousand percent. And I, I probably, again, like things like those guardrails that you mentioned. By the way, I love the freedom control world. I'll, I'll steal that. If, if, if that's yours, I'll, I'll, quote, <laughs> I'll, I'll quote you for it for sure. I love cool. it. Uh, <laughs> the uh, and I, like you said in the beginning, we chatted about the technologies just a tiny bit. I think that technology right now obviously allows us to have that quote unquote freedom control that we can actually be on the beach and still do our work i mean i've heard companies saying that hey you can have unlimited holidays as long as you you get your work done you know i think that's that's one of the things that this this current and especially through this pandemic it's probably exponentially amplified that idea of 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 working from wherever you want and and whenever you want and whatever time you want so um 
again, then then that comes down to the self control. That how do we manage ourselves to be able be able to produce those results and 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 stand through the values of the company. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's great. One of the other things that I just wanted to open up a little bit is the uh, talking about business. I, I love this one as well. You said it's no longer business as usual; it's business as unusual which goes kind of hand in hand with what I just mentioned. So do you truly believe that those old rules of the game, that they don't apply anymore? Like what are the rules from, like you said, you're a little bit of an old school that you've been in this for, for quite a while now. So what, what would you say that are the rules that we can still keep from the old school and how can we accompany that with the, 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 the rules of the game right now, if you will? Yeah, I think the, um, like for example, leadership. We mm-hmm. still need leadership. You know, we, we still need someone on the rudder of the boat. But it used to be top down leadership. I'm gonna tell you what we're doing. Now you're seeing servant leadership, right? I'm here to pick everybody else up and as they need me, when they need me. You know, I'm sort of the uh and remember I have little kids here, so um, you remember, if you've ever been bowling, there's those little bumpers that can come out and keep you out of the gutter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like with my kids, like we'll use those. And like in some ways, that's what leadership is now. You're, you're creating the, the bowling lane and you're the you're the bumpers. You wow. know, let, let me make okay. sure my team doesn't, you know, go into the gutter or doesn't jump the lane. And we're just sort of guiding you down towards the to the pins. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, is an example of what what leadership, successful leadership looks like. It's still uh, an, an important component because we're human and we want to follow, we want to follow a leader and follow leaders. Mm-hmm. And we want to be leaders and we want to be empowered to to lead. So, I think that's one place where we still need leadership. Just the way we we lead looks differently. Um, another one. I mean, if you're going to be a business, you're probably looking to make money, right? But now it, you also have to have a purpose rooted into your business and there's all sorts of facets and reasons why other than just making the world better right hopefully and but if you don't make the money money part if you don't monetize it you don't you don't really have a business so mm-hmm. again i think those weaving in purpose which by the way minimizes attrition and you know keeps your your team happy is a critical component of this thing and it shouldn't just be a you know like a, a fake purpose like figure out what it is really that you're businesses should be and like bring that purpose to the forefront and bring it to the world mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure and then then conveying that message to to the people to your employees i think and and, and again like how do we make sure that those the people that are actually then living the purpose like you know living those values and being able to to have that in the forefront like you said you know in the daily to me practices. that this is all this is all part of the you know, the knowledge and the faith side. I mean, if you have, mm-hmm. if you're clear on the per- your purpose, that's, that's how you ignite life and people. That's, that's the belief part. That's why people stick around. And, and then when it comes time to taking action, you have, you have the roadmap there to know how you should be operating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Hey, uh, let's, um, let's jump into the, one of the more interesting parts of the book that I, that I've, personally felt which is the 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 fear and courage uh combination or the the the, what are the quote-unquote differences i think you wrote about like 
that they are kind of brothers. The Fear and Karitz are brothers and they kind of hang out together very well. And a lot of people would say that they're kind of the opposite ends of it, like even almost like enemies that, you know, the fear is on here and then I have to be courageous here. Um, and then you also also wrote about the, the four different types of fears when it comes to businesses. You mentioned industry, product, service, and perception fears. So that this is a little bit of a bigger one, bigger question. But if you wanted to open up a little bit of that, that fear and courage piece, and how do they relate to each other's? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would start by asking the listener to think about maybe something in your life that you know you should be addressing, but you're not, and. You know, why aren't you doing that thing you know you should be doing? Hmm. Whether it's in your business or maybe there's an employee that there's just not working out or or maybe you're unhappy and you know you're unhappy in your work and it's time for you to make a move, but you you just can't muster the, the courage to even have that conversation with yourself. And hmm. I think one of the big aha moments we had was we don't like addressing our own fear. In fact, we suppress it versus address it. Hmm. So, yes, as you stated in the book, I, I talk about fear and courage and the direct relationship that they're brothers, and you actually cannot get to the courageous choice without first channeling it through fear. Right. Um, which means we the only way to overcome it is to go through it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I should probably bring up the fact that I had uh, some serious personal conflict when I was looking at SWAT, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, which mm -hmm. somehow has been the, the go-to standard and the top of the podium for assessing businesses over the last six decades. And every time I would do a SWOT analysis, my strength would also be on my opportunity list and my weakness would also be on my threat list and my weakness would be on my opportunity list. And it was just, mm -hmm. it just felt cloudy. It just felt... I didn't right. know how I should operate. So um, in some ways, all we were looking to do was to find a clearer, stronger, uh, more modern way to SWAT. And the way we, we do it, as you stated, is we're looking at assessing different business fears that come mm -hmm. your way. And there's the there's the industry fear, like what could take the whole vertical down? This is this is the Uber to taxis. This is the Airbnb to the hospitality space. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you're even the industry fear, you have an industry fear, and I think you know which one you would rather be. Mm -hmm. On the product fear side, having those hard, honest conversations on what's good about the product, what's what's not good about the product. You know, with Domino's, when they really looked at their reinvention, they recognized that their pizza, they were a brand that was known for 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 value, not quality. And, um, you know, they were, the, they were the 30 minutes or less company. And so, you know, meaning that if your pizza showed up at minute 31, you got free pizza, but great, it was bad pizza. And mm -hmm. um, they went back to the well over two years and, and refreshed all of their ingredients the way they make their pizza. And then because they got that part right, they can then start to attack what I call your perception fear, which is, hey, the world thinks we're this, even though we think we're that. And there's a big gap between those two spaces. And, um, how do we start to shift perception, right, from what the world thinks versus what we want the world to think about us? 
And mm. uh, that's, that's the marketing component. Right. That's the perception fear. And then the service fear might be the customer service side of the business. So like where are the service, where are we falling flat? Um, one company that's just exceptional at the service side of the business is Zappos. In fact, when you walk into Zappos in Las Vegas, the first thing you see on the wall, huge written on the wall is we are a service company that happens mm -hmm. to sell blank. And <laughs> you, you talk about values. Their number one value is deliver wow through service. Mm -hmm. And um, even Tony Shea, who just resigned, by the way, um, retired, I think was the term he used. But before his retirement, he was still working in the call centers at the holidays. And imagine the CEO, wow. seeing the CEO right there with you, like taking calls from customers, having to convince customers that it's him. And, wow. uh, you know, if he's doing it, it doesn't matter what your title says. This is clearly yeah. important. He's living and he's operationalizing it. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a that's a big lesson for from of of leadership for anyone. I I personally remember as well. I was working back in the days on a boat, and you know the captain comes to me and says, and and he was scrubbing the floors there, and he always told me like, "Hey, Tomo, if I'm not ready to do this, how can I ask anyone else to do the do the same thing?" So, yeah, if it's if it's a small company, big company, I mean that's uh, when the leader is in front of the pack and doing the doing the doing the actual work it's uh yeah that's uh that's a courageous move as well for sure at the same time yeah that's um th the fear and courage like you said they're brothers so anyone listening to this if there's any takeaway like just the thinking about and feeling the courage and fear as as in the same line in a way and and like you said i love the what what you said that you have to go through the through the fear in to get to the courage piece like that's almost like a prerequisite there that needs to be there in place first and address those fears correctly um yeah, before the, yeah go ahead the other the other the other thing i'd share is um you know the further along the journey of writing the book i went the more the book changed and so what uh -huh. ended up happening and you'll see how this is relevant to fears but the, the front half of, so my book's called Return on Courage, as you said, the idea is I do believe that any business being a brand can benefit and return on the Courage platform. And, and yes, mm -hmm. ROC is how you maximize your ROI. So if you're a leader, the, the missing element, the competitive advantage is cultivating courage inside your business, permeating throughout the business courageous leaders, courageous teams, courageous ideas, courageous innovation. Um, the back half of the book, so the front half of the book is like the why now. Why now of all things do I think courage is the missing uh, ingredient? Mm -hmm. And then the back half is the how, like how do you actually like activate your courage? And we talked to tears about our why, know your why, and not enough time on then, great, how do I do that? And so that's the, I think the beauty of the book is, is it holds your hand and, and literally it's a playbook. It's after each of these ch um, chapters in the back half of the book, there's worksheets. So mm -hmm. even like running yourself through, you know, your, the industry fears exercise. There's also a fifth fear, by the way, that I added, which is your personal fears. So, mm -hmm. you know, you know, if you're really allowed to speak freely inside an organization and, or not, and, you know, it is incredibly hard to be successful, in my opinion, if you find yourself navigating 
a watch your back culture versus a got your back culture. Mm. When you're in a got your back culture, then you actually have a shot to be relevant and successful and moving forward. But when you're in a got your back, you know, watch your back culture Mm -hmm. and everything's on eggshells and fear really rules the, the organization. It's just so hard to be successful. Yeah. Wow, watch your back. Gotcha. Is that yours as well? Is that your thing as well? That's another yeah, quotable right yeah. there. I oh, love it. Love it, Ryan. That's awesome. Hey, uh, we're starting to come up to a time here. Let's start wrapping around. And as you mentioned about the book, book there, you have it's very actionable. You have these worksheets there. So someone listening to this and and, and really resonating with your message and thinking like, okay, I'll pick up the book, but where can I start right now? Like like, 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 let's say that you're a company a CEO or even a director or manager, and you want to bring more courageous effort to your teams, to your company, where would you say the first place to start before they get you a book, obviously, but, uh, but what would the I mean, first thing you started, you know, I mean, let, let's be realistic here. We're 40 minutes in here. 30, if you if you're still here, you're obviously curious about the topic. Mm. You're curious about, about the realities of change, um, like change is happening whether you like it or not. You're, you're even driving change or change is driving you. And I'd rather exactly. you be in the driver's seat driving that change forward. So the fact that you're still here listening to the podcast says so much about the type of person that you are that at six minutes you didn't drop off. Um, so what can you do? You know, it starts with willingness. Uh, it starts with the idea that you can change, that you're open to change. Mm-hmm. It starts with you know, bringing in the people you trust the most and, and and starting maybe a little bit of a listening tour and hearing from them and giving them permission to give you that courageous feedback that maybe is hard for many to hear. But that honest sort of conversation will lead to your what's next. I also think, yeah, go to returnoncourage.com and grab the book. And we've got the Audible or the uh, or, or on Kindle and uh, you know, for me, I didn't want to cut corners with this thing. I, I felt mm-hmm. like with a seven-year-old and a five-year-old, hopefully one of them will want to live a courageous life. And mm-hmm. there's a playbook here for them to do it. Um, and so I imagine that the the worksheets that are in there will be helpful for you. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this, this other sort of big sort of sad reality is that Many of us who are running businesses and will have values for the business, but we haven't done the hard work to know our own personal core values. Mm-hmm. So right. a permission granted to email me at Ryan Berman at couragebrands.com. And I will send you just the one sheeter to actually assess your own personal core values and get clear on who you are. I think it starts there. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. That's personally something that I actually run for myself and, and in, in my, in my, couple as well and the people that i help and coach and train it's it's one of the the first things that we always start with we look at those core personal values such a such a key piece of the puzzle for sure uh ryan where do you where do you hang out mostly online these days in the technological matrix as we have it all around where can people find you the best and uh, where, where where are you most active these days i would say definitely Find me on LinkedIn, Ryan Berman Courageous. I think if you type that into your search box, I'd probably pop up. Um, a lot of time on Instagram. Still, mm-hmm. still love the platform. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, if you wanted to learn more about me, you can go to even RyanBerman.com. 
um, returnoncourage.com for the book. Or if you wanted more on my consultancy, couragebrands.com. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for this little small slice of your time with us. And like I said, guys, if you're still listening to this, it means that you are on the path of courageous moves and courageous actions. Even if you're not a company CEO or leader, I think you can definitely, definitely take lots of high value from, from Ryan's book. And like I said, give him a follow, go to LinkedIn, go to Ryan's Instagram and learn more about him and how to be more courageous in your life and in your business. Thank you so much, Ryan, for sitting down with me and, and being a guest at the Lifestyle Mastery Podcast. So glad I could do it to him. I, I'm hopefully we get a chance to meet in person in the next, uh, we'll say three years, because you just never know how long <laughs> this is going to go. Exactly, exactly. I think uh, I think we're coming to coming to coming to an end of end of this pandemic, hopefully very soon. All right, guys, that's a wrap from from Lifestyle Mastery Podcast, and I'll hope to hear you on the next episode. Ciao for now.